0: The following is a presentation of the Bellhop Sports Media Network.
1: This is the
2: main event.
3: <laughs> this is your main event, Mark's podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and I realize that covering a show called World War III in the year 2023 may be a bit of a touchy subject. I am Troy, and in the other corner is your second host. He is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior, he is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling, and the giant Yette. he's Greg. But if you've been listening all month, then you should know Greg is not here just yet. I am flying solo yet again. It is your fearless co-host, Troy, and I'm trying to bring you all the goods uh, this November. And I'm bringing you some some good stuff. Well, some okay stuff from 1995. I am going to touch on the news and notes myself uh that's become custom this month. Uh I'll bring you some more information. I, I don't know what's coming up next month. So at the end of the show where I normally do the wrap up and I'm like, next week you'll hear this and the next week you'll hear that. I don't know yet. It'll be a surprise. How about that? It is a full surprise. I don't know what's gonna happen. But yeah, we'll figure it out together. Uh thank you all for being here with me today. We've got tons of news and notes to cover. We've already touched on uh, WWF Survivor Series 1995. That is now in the archives. Please go check that out. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, I brought you ECW November to Remember 1995. And now wrapping up the tr- uh, the uh, the unholy trinity <laughs> from of these shows from November of '95. It's a review of. World War III, 1995, from WCW. This was a show, man. And Greg will be here with me for the event review. So you've got audio of both of us reviewing the show. That's coming up uh, in that segment. But yeah, it's just me for the news and notes yet again. I'm sorry. It is what it is. uh, Scheduling conflicts and whatnot. So Tough times we got here, but I hope you all enjoyed Thanksgiving and hope you all got some cool stuff for Black Friday. We're closing out November here, man. It's uh it's crazy. Closing it closing out the month of November and I am here with you all to bring some bring some joy going into the Christmas season or uh if you're Jewish, happy Hanukkah. I think that's starting in about a week, I believe. Um, I, I know it, it was last year, I think it like overlapped Christmas, uh, which I was like, oh, wow, that doesn't usually happen, I don't think. This year, uh, it's uh, Friday the 8th is the first night of Hanukkah. So yeah, we're about a week away. Crazy. So happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish listeners, and thank you for being here. Uh, here is the point in the show where I will send you all, if you're not watching and listening on YouTube, go check out our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash at main event marks. We bring you a lot of quality on there. It's not just the podcast archives and video form going all the way back to day one of the podcast. So literally everything is on there, but we've also got Jacob Grandy with curtain Jerkin. He brings you current stuff. Whereas Greg and I are evergreen, classic wrestling, uh, look-back stuff. He brings you current stuff from around the world. Not just WWE WWE and um, AEW, but NWA, uh, anything out of Mexico and Japan, the indies from around the world. He touches on everything, man. He keeps up with a lot of stuff. Good for him. Greg thought I was insulting him at one point when i was like i don't know how someone keeps up with all that wrestling i'm like no i like i'm impressed by it i'm not criticizing him like it 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 really is uh great because he does have a life he's he's not a lonely sob that sits around and and uh will actually you know but he keeps up with it somehow man it's it's awesome so go check out curtain jerkin from uh Uh, Jacob Grandi, obviously, as the the name of the show suggests, he breaks down a lot of, like, opening matches and talks about the implications of those, but then he also covers just stuff uh, from current wrestling beyond that, so good stuff. We've also got the Marks on Media channel, or uh, playlist, I should say, where we cover Marks on games, Marks on TV, Marks on movies, and Marks on anime on occasion, and it's... Some reviews of stuff, some previews of stuff, and news. So if there's big enough news about something, uh, it, we, we cover it all. We've got fig hunting videos. So if you, if you like uh, figure huntings and unboxings and stuff like that, we've got videos of that for you. It's a lot of Greg, some of me, but a lot of Greg on there. I'm going to try to get better about more of those types of videos this winter. Uh, and, uh, up the, the, uh, the amount of those. So I hope you all enjoyed that, but you get a lot of quality. We have well over a thousand subscribers at this point. So if you're not one of them, please go check it out. It's youtube.com forward slash at main event marks. But today, ladies and gents, there are three rings. There's like, I think 60 guys or something like that. Uh, it's, it's nuts. There's a lot of, of people and this showcases how bloated the WCW roster was every single year that they did this. Yeah, it's the first time. 3 effing rings, 3 commentary teams, 60 dudes. Yeah, it was a it was a mess. I'll say that. It was an effing mess. But we're going to review all of that from World War 3, the very first time they ever did anything like this. It was A cool concept on paper, but then you watch it, and it's just a cluster F. But we'll touch on all that. But before we dive into the news and notes here, I do want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. Uh, They've been with us for a while now. It is Mahler Bros Golf. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy materials that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros. Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros. Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Listen to me. Listen. As a guy who has worn a lot of polos throughout his life, you need Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are a comfortable, slim fit that will make you look and feel good when you're golfing with the guys There have been way too many times I wore some generic polo shirt out on the golf course and I just, I felt crappy the whole day. My game was off. I just was self-conscious. Not with Mahler Bros. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off. At M A H L E R Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros Polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. Heading into the holiday season, definitely stop by uh, Mahler Bros Golf and get yourself some good uh, golf and merchandise. If, if, if you're in one of the cold parts of the country like me during the wintertime, you know, uh, stock up for, for spring. Uh, you know, get some get some good Christmas or Hanukkah presents for your special someone or even yourself, in anticipation for the warmer weather in spring and summer. I am definitely going to go out golfing more this year. I wanted to last year, didn't get around to it. It was so abrasively hot in the Midwest, believe it or not. Uh, but I'm I'm looking to go this year with my uh, future brother-in-law and. I'm gonna gonna patronize my Bro's golf and treat myself but anyway, we're gonna get into our first break here where we're gonna actually tell you about our merchandise that you can pick up for Christmas. It's gonna be gonna be some uh, some good stuff. You can actually get a Hanukkah themed shirt or a Christmas themed shirt or anything in between. There's just a ton of merchandise you can pick up at our uh, at our merch stores we'll tell you about in this first
2: break on the other end, It's news and notes. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
0: By God, somebody's interrupting the Main Event Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your hosts of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought this is an invasion angle? Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckberg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's gotta go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore, take your vitamins, say your prayers, and. Oh yeah! Get ready to
3: rumble! dot redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash (laughs) main event marks. And we're back. Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free. Well, so do we here at the main event, Marks. And so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-Cups and for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code Event to save 5% at checkout. So before we dive into the news and notes, uh, I don't have anything to crack like Greg usually does. He's always got a drink or something he's popping or cracking. Uh, I just got my scented candle here. I don't know if this is gonna come across. There we go. Uh, getting that lit up for the the podcast here. Get get the Christmas smells going around, man. Because uh, Thanksgiving is over. Not smell on the food so much anymore. So gonna gonna get some uh, Christmas. Uh, some Christmas uh, smells going on and uh, get all festive and happy. You know what I mean? But uh, also in honor of Greg, uh, he always likes to cover the top movie and the top song from around this time. So uh, let's get to it. Up until now, it's been uh, Apollo 13 is the top movie of the box office. But right now it's Toy Story going on a long run. Yeah. Uh, I think it took over on the 22nd. Uh, like Thanksgiving, I think, is when it dropped, and it is, as of November 26, 1995, it is the top movie at the box office, Toy Story, so making me feel old, man. Uh, the number one song, it's bounced around because uh, if, any of you, if any of you listened to the show two weeks ago for uh, November to Remember, it was a Mariah Carey song, um, and then... If any of you listened three weeks ago, it was, uh, I believe, it was a Survivor Series. Uh, we, It was a Whitney Houston song that was number one. Well, this week, we're back to Mariah Carey, but this one is One Sweet Day. That one, I don't know. Uh, it was Fantasy was the other one by Mariah Carey. It was like Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, back to Mariah Carey, and "Boys to Men, actually. Uh, one Sweet Day. Don't know that song. Not a fan of Mariah Carey, so... Sorry, roast me in the comments, but there you go. But that's your time capsule for you in honor of Greg. But let's get into all the news and notes.
1: That is
3: correct.
1: Whoa! Shut the f up, Dave. Everything that guy just says is bullshit.
3: Alrighty. Thank you, Joe Pesci. Federal prosecutors are investigating possible witness tampering and obstruction of justice in last year's Vince McMahon steroid trial. <sighs> the Department or the Justice Department received information that Marty Bergman, a TV producer who is the husband of Vince McMahon's lead defense attorney, offered McMahon's former secretary and key government witness, Emily Feinberg, between $250,000 and $400,000 to change her testimony. Apparently, they had been investigating him since before the trial, after reports came that Bergman had offered several other witnesses money to change their testimony.
0: Liar, whore, liar, whore, and you know it! <sighs>
3: uh, Bergman also used his job as a writer for a New York newspaper to write smear stories about the prosecutors that were later found to be false. This isn't the first... First time Bergman has been in trouble. In 1981, he was charged with bribery and tampering with public records.
2: Allegedly!
3: And a few years later, he worked with the Geraldo Rivera show to trash the prosecution of another case that his wife was the defense attorney on. The investigation is trying to determine if they, if the money Bergman offered witnesses came from Vince McMahon or McMahon's lawyers. Uh, not good.
1: Believe me, not good.
3: Uh, I I don't think McMahon suffered any repercussions for this whatsoever. I don't know what the hell happened with Bergman. If anybody else does, please let me know. I didn't really follow this story. Good grief. Any more twists and turns with this? Any anybody, anybody that believes one side in this trial is the good guy, you're wrong. All right, Vince McMahon, did he have skeletons in the closet? Did he have some shady business? Yeah. Okay. But if you are like... Well, screw him. The U.S. government was right. You're wrong, too, man.
0: You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.
3: The U.S. government was wrong. Like they, and, and they came at him with some trumped-up charges. They tried to throw him in prison for like life. It just It was nuts. And they lost. So at the end of the day, they, uh, nobody found their, uh, their case compelling and uh, believable. But the WWF did an angle with Shawn Michaels on Raw, where he collapsed in the middle of the ring with Owen Hart, with EMTs attempting er, attending to him as the show went off the air. Yeah, this was a famous one. Owen gave him an enziguri, and uh, then a little bit later he popped up and then collapsed, acting like he was like having another concussion issue or whatever because he just came off of like a concussion so but anyway uh many people in the arena believed it was legit the angle was done to combat the Hulk Hogan versus
0: Sting
3: match happening on Nitro at the exact same moment oh I'm sure I mean maybe but Uh, yeah, Nitro was not beating them in the ratings at this time. The idea is to play off Shawn Michaels' injuries from the recent Syracuse beating he suffered, which is actually true. Michaels is suffering post-concussion syndrome issues from the assault and needs more time off so this was done to write him off TV for a while. Uh, I don't know about that one. Uh, many people have said that they feel the angle is in poor taste and believe that the WWF is playing off the real-life sudden death of Olympic skater Sergei Grinkov, right. who collapsed and died last week, but Uncle Dave doesn't think it was that bad. Whether it translates to ratings will be seen next week. Couple of things. Did it translate to ratings? No. Was it in poor taste? Maybe. I don't know. Like, dude, this kind of crap happens all the time in wrestling. It's an act, people. It's an act. They didn't act like he died. Good grief. Uh, oh, he played up an injury. Oh, that's never been done. Get over it, man. And who, many people believe it was, uh, you know, a playoff of real life, sudden death of Olympic skater, Sergei gal shut
1: the fuck up dave
3: i'm sure that was a big deal at the time and i'm not saying like uh, like oh who the hell is that guy like i'm i'm sure it was a big deal at the time whatever but really that's what you're thinking you see Shawn michaels go down like that and "Ah, that's just like that olympic skater like give me a break like f off sorry i got a little heated there (laughs) anyway reportedly the click Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Razor Ramon, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and 123Kid met with Vince McMahon while out on the road for some house shows, and the purpose of the meeting was for Vince and the Click to evaluate everyone on the roster one by one and discuss whether they should be moved up or down the card or what should be done with them. Word is that some of the guys that the clique liked were still doing jobs while someone they thought was useless, Bob Backlund, for instance— Was getting a renewed push, so it's not looking like they had a whole lot of influence on Vince's decision making. Imagine that. Anyway, you can just imagine how happy everyone else in the locker room is about this. Yeah, I mean, Sean Diesel and to an extent Razor were top guys. One, two, three, Kid was one of the best wrestlers on the entire roster. Hunter Hearst Helmsley was there by default. I mean, he was good, but he was a young guy. Uh, wasn't, you know, they were moving him up the roster, but he, you know, he wasn't a top guy at this time. Okay. He was just kind of there. He was there because he was a member of the clique. But according to Nash, there wasn't, and you can't take everything Nash says is gospel. I get it. But according to Kevin Nash, this was mostly just a talk. Vince was like, well, you got, you know, I can trust you guys. You guys work with all these people. What do you think of this one? What do you think of that one? And like, and even uncle Dave downplays it. I mean, he, at the end, he throws in the, ah, oh, you know, you can imagine the rest of the locker room is pretty pissed off about this. Okay, yeah, sure, whatever. But even he says, like, they don't like Bob Backlund, but he's getting a push. They they like other people. They're not getting a push. So there you go. Either way. Kama and Bam Bam Bigelow officially gave notice and are planning to leave. Yeah, it doesn't, well... Bigelow, maybe, comma, no. Uh, Meanwhile, Bob Holly uh, hasn't given notice, but he's apparently sitting home and refusing to come to work. Good call, Bob. I'm sure your stock is through the roof. Uh, Jean-Pierre Lafitte is out after having hernia surgery, but no one's sure if he's coming back either. He's not. Uh, all of the above have been unhappy recently with both of the amount of shows that they're working and with the click influence. Yeah, none of them were, uh, friendly with the click. I mean, Bam Bam wasn't friendly with them, but even Nash said he was like, well, me and Scott were like, well, he can go. You know, it's Scott Hall, that is. Pronouns, pal. God dang it. But he said, me and Scott all say, well, you know, he can go. Even Shawn Michaels. It's like, we don't like him, but he can go. He's good in the ring. He's, you know, he's, he's fine. You know, you, you know, uh, Put them out there. Why not? But anyway, uh I actually reversed things this week. I, I touched on WWF first. Now I'm going to go into WCW before I touch on ECW. But here we go. The first ever Hulk Hogan versus Sting dream match took place on Nitro. <laughs> dream match. I, I mean, I guess for the time. Sure. I'm sorry. I'm used to today. Where that gets thrown around all the time. Oh my God! Kenny Omega and Commander going one on one—that uh, a dream match. Or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Commander. It was El Vikingo del whatever the hell. I was it? Was it El Eo del Vikingo? I think. Sorry, I just—he's great. Like he, hes hes pretty good. He does a lot of flippy crap. Not my cup of tea. And he's fairly unremarkable past that. He's—he's he's not a star. He's just—he—he he looks okay and he does flippy crap cool like um kyle from the apron bump podcast said that he's like he's the most talented wrestler nobody could give a damn less about and it's very true anyway but uh it took place on nitro and was totally overshadowed by the wwf angle and uncle dave thinks it was a mistake to hot shot a dream match like that with barely a week's worth of build-up on free tv yeah this would not be the first i don't think this was the first definitely is not going to be the last time they did something like this so you know buckle in anyway the show did an average rating and lost to raw in the ratings this week yeah go figure there's still no word on when or if randy savage is going to have uh, surgery for his tricep injury uh well spoilers he won't He's just going to tape it up, rub some dirt in it, it, and get back in there, Uh uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit had a 4.5-star match on WCW Saturday night. Uh, I'm sure they were happy to hear that. Uh, If you watch it on mute, if you listen to the commentary, it subtracts a star because it's so bad that Uncle Dave says Dusty Rhodes basically buried them. When Tony Schiavone tried to say Benoit and Guerrero are revolutionizing wrestling. Speaking of bad commentary, Sonny Ono is the craps and is ruining the build for all the New Japan Pro Wrestling guys. Good God, Dave! I will give him this. Uh, as far as if if we're gonna rate Uncle Dave's uh, commentary here, uh, given in a star, I will give him a star for the Dusty Road stuff. Okay, sure. Uh, but th- everything else. I, I don't know anything. I, I never really paid attention to Sonny Ono's commentary. It, I don't know. I think I've only seen one or two ma- uh, like shows where he did commentaries, and I don't remember it. So it must not have been that offensive. Uh, the the other stuff, oh, oh, uh, Guerrero and Benoit had a four and a half star match uh, on, if, if you watch it on mute. But if you watch it with a commentary on, that subtracts a star. Shut the f*** up, Dave! Why would the commentary subtract a the star? They don't control that. Has nothing to do with them. Why? Why is that? I guess that that's part of it, or it can be part of it, and it takes away from your enjoyment. Good. That's just really stupid. I, I stand by. Shut the f up, Dave. But let's uh let's head on over to the land of extreme.
2: This week in ECW.
3: Oh yeah, that's the stuff. If I may have another volley, sir, Sabu made a surprise return to ECW at November to Remember as Paul Heyman told the fans that he had a surprise for them and then turned out the lights. When they came back on, Sabu was in the ring and he and Heyman hugged while the crowd chanted thank you. For now, the agreement was only for one show, but both sides are still negotiating and it's expected that Sabu will be sticking around. That is correct. Sabu had been working with EC, or excuse me, WCW, but turns out that he was never officially under contract. WCW had been upset with Sabu for several reasons lately, can't imagine why. They don't want him brawling outside of the ring so much, and he had been going long in his matches. Uh, Again, I I think I said this, uh... couple of weeks ago about the uh, american males when they were like oh we don't want a job to the new japan guys it's like really who the f- do you think you are just do it like damn sabu he always had was like too big for his britches anyway or also they were upset about his uncle the sheik throwing a fireball at the halloween havoc pay-per-view which wasn't a planned spot Dude, if you have the sheik involved, he's either going to throw a fireball or cut somebody's face open. Like, what do you expect, man? That's what he does. Anyway, uh, that's like getting mad when, uh, like, that's, that's like getting mad when your dog craps on the lawn. Like, well, yeah, that's like what they do. You let them out and they poop whatever. Anyway, Sabu was unhappy, uh, being a (laughs) mid-carter. Again, who the F do you think you are, man? On the WCW hotline, Mike Tanay announced that Sabu had been fired, but as of press time, no one from WCW had, uh, told him that personally. But by showing up on ECW, Sabu effectively quit WCW anyway. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, in an even weirder situation, Sabu has been working for Dennis Corluzzo's NWA. (coughs) WWF star Hakushi worked one of the NWA shows and that and uh, Corluzzo booked him against Sabu, WWF insisted that Hakushi not do a job to a WCW guy, so the match ended in a DQ. Sabu then immediately left the NWA show and drove across the river and showed up at the ECW show on the same night, which upset Corluzzo. Sabu claimed he decided at the last minute to work the ECW show because Heyman offered him a big payoff. But Uncle Dave doesn't buy it.
1: Everything that guy just says, is bullshit.
3: Because he had heard rumors that Sabu was going to be at the show several days earlier. Oh, well, if you heard rumors, whatever. Sabu called Corluzzo after the show and apologized, saying he didn't know until just a few hours prior to the ECW show if Heyman was going to come up with the money, so that's why he didn't tell him. Yeah, Uh, man, you want to draw a house in 95, man. Hakushi versus Sabu. Man, I I can't imagine what else would put the asses in the seats.
2: Shut up and take my money!
3: Uh, Other notes from last week's ECW November to Remember show. A guy named The Blue Meanie debuted as a flunky for Stevie Richards.
0: Right.
3: Yeah, Uh, first appearance of Blue Meanie. Also, Steve Austin wrestled his first match, surprisingly putting over ECW champion Mikey Whipwreck clean. Austin looked rusty, but was still good. Sabu worked his ass off in his first match back, flipping and crashing through everything. Is that working your ass off? You're literally jumping through stuff. Whatever. Uh, Cactus Jack wore two different shirts. One of them was a WCW Dungeon of Doom shirt. The other was a shirt with a picture of Eric Bischoff that said, Forgive me, Uncle Eric, on the back. That's... I I loved it. Uh, Terry Funk teased retirement at the end of the show and basically passed the torch of the King of Hardcore over to Tommy Dreamer. Also, Shane Douglas was backstage. Cool. Uh, Last story from er, ECW here. Woman has denied reports that she's leaving ECW. Meanwhile, Conan worked his last ECW show and is reportedly headed to WCW. That is correct. Conian is still going to help Paul Heyman book AAA stars, though. No! Yeah, I mean, that's not gonna... That's not gonna happen. He's gonna go to WCW and help them bring in AAA stars. So, either way, yeah. If you want me and Greg's analysis together on a lot of this, I've sent you guys here um, on the previous two shows. Go check out In the Archives. Last December, we did two bonus shows... Uh, it was ECW in 1995. We cover all the news exclusively from ECW in 1995. Uh, it was so long, we broke it into two episodes. So go check that out. Uh, ECW in 1995, parts one and two, December two, uh, 2022 bonus shows. But, uh, to wrap things up here, I got two more stories. First, let's go to Japan. <coughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling's January 4th Tokyo Dome show was announced, and it's expected that Keiji Muto will defend the IWGP title against Nabuhiko Takada in a New Japan Pro Wrestling vs. UWFI rematch. In reality, New Japan Pro Wrestling pretty much owns and operates UWFI now, so maybe they can do a promotional feud justice without feeling the need to totally bury uwfi this was um the storyline by the way that uh that um uncle dave claims was ripped off by eric bischoff for the nwo angle and eric bischoff says i had no idea this was even a freaking thing nor did i give a crap i personally believe eric bischoff because nobody outside of japan except for uncle freaking dave knew about this, or cared. At this time, in 95, they had a close relationship, sort of, but he wasn't paying attention to their storylines. He didn't freaking care. Why would he? He was worrying about WCW's business. Anyway, uh, Antonio Inoki is also expected to work the show, but no word against who yet. There are also no foreign stars on the show for the first time in years. It's thought that New Japan might be ending its working relationship with WCW soon, so they mostly want to have access to Vader, but when WCW fired him, New Japan has greatly lost interest. Yeah, uh, I, I I, really can't speak to that. I don't know what the hell happened uh, after this. I don't, after Starcade, I don't remember them bringing in too much Japanese talent into WCW, so that might be true. Uh, WCW didn't want to rely, which which is a smart move. They didn't want to rely on WC era uh, New Japan talent and flying them over. It's expensive, and yeah, WCW guys can go get another payday in Japan. But what if they get hurt? Then WCW's up a creek. You know that now they've got to pay these guys for sitting at home after they got hurt, not working for them. So it's it's dumb all the way around. Uh, wrapping things up with a story from the indies. So USWA is struggling with their usual Monday night shows in Memphis competing against both Raw and Nitro on TV is killing them, especially since Lawler is on Raw every Monday and can't be in Memphis. There's talk of maybe moving the show to Wednesday night, which would also allow them to have Lawler on every show. But live wrestling on Monday nights in Memphis is a tradition going back decades, and they're hesitant to change that. Well, you know what, man? Time's a change. Like, yeah, you've got the two biggest things in wrestling right now airing on Monday night against you, and you're a little pissy company in Memphis. Change it. Uh, this point is moot because they're going to close down here before long anyway, but yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, Too much of this, like, things closing in wrestling either came down to hesitancy to change, and then by the time they changed, it was too late, or they changed too much too quickly, and they didn't stay in their lane well enough, and it cost them dearly. This was the former, not the latter. Either way, we're going to take our next break. On the other end of this, Greg is actually going to be here, and we're going to go over WCW World War III 1995
2: right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
3: Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert
1: medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at TSSFantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more.
3: Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around, TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people.
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York Sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash Belly Up sports NCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network and association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports.
2: Marks
3: are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. <laughs> and we're back. WCW World War Three. Greg. 60 men, three rings, three giants, one battle royal. Right. Yay. <laughs> That's the tagline, by the way. I didn't just, like, make that up, if you're all wondering. Uh The date that will live in infamy. Oh, this just,
0: is just bad. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> yeah. The date that will live in infamy, November 26, 1995. From the Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia, they were sold out at 12,000 people.
0: I will say this. 12,000 people wanted to see this.
3: Um. Well, a cou- couple things. I didn't think the whole event sucked. I thought there was a few pretty good matches on the show not a lot but a few the actual world war Three match Ugh. we'll get to that but uh <clears throat> the, the norfolk scope i thought looked like a beautiful building it was like a big dome i thought it looked awesome but uh yeah uh mean gene is interviewing hulk hogan sting and the macho man to open up the show Hogan's still and is all-black, but he says that he's done, quote, walking on the dark side. And he rips off the black stuff to reveal his red and yellow. He then burns. It's over.
0: The dark side's over. Yep. I remember kind of getting giddy about that when I was a kid.
3: Oh, yeah, as a kid, that's great. As an adult, you're like, you just changed, clo- you changed clothes, dude. Whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, he literally burns burns his black t-shirt in a burn barrel on the stage with them. And uh, Sting says that he's glad Hogan's with him. Macho Man apologizes for, you know, everything and and not trusting Sting with the Lex Luger situation. And then Hogan continues to cut his promo while Sting is grabbing water and trying to put out the fire in front of them. Oh, man. (sighs) Oh, man. Hogan claims that the internet, quote, has the scoops, but he says that those three men are going to steal the belt, brother. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's setting up for the the main event that was must-see TV, brother. <laughs> I'm joking, but... Well, then they show a clip from WCW Saturday Night, build up this next one, where Diamond Doll and DDP get into an argument during an interview, and the doll just walks away. She eventually comes back and says that she's putting herself on the line in DDP's match against Johnny B. Bad, because the TV title is clearly more important to DDP than her. So we're going to see Johnny B. Bad versus DDP. Cool. Uh At first, I wasn't super excited about this, but it was a really good match. Uh But it's for the TV title and for the Diamond Doll. DDP comes to the ring, treating Diamond Doll right for once, kissing her hands and putting his arm around her and all that. He also brings Johnny's confetti cannon with him. But Johnny, not to be outdid, brings firework shooters to the ring with him. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. This was something else. Uh, DDP shouts at Kimberly at one point to hold up the 10 for him. She refuses. Uh, for those of you that don't know, she used to hold up like cards like she was scoring him. Uh, but however, when Johnny calls for it, she holds up a 10 plus. Right.
0: Good lord. What uh, the hell about him was a 10?
3: Uh, have you seen those abs, Greg? And he had, his tan was impeccable.
0: I think he was like Puerto Rican. I think that might have been natural.
3: Whatever. Still, he, he was an he was an olive skinned fella. <laughs> okay. Uh, Johnny hits the bad mood outside, and then slingshot hits a slingshot leg drop inside for the win. Kimberly looks shocked and confused, but she gets in and hugs Johnny. My final notes: I said Johnny be Bad is always great for a hot opener, and DDP is really coming into his own great match, three Uncle Dave's. He opened, like, every pay-per-view. I know. It was weird, but he had really good matches. Like, I didn't like Mark Merrow. And then, like, if you go back and watch these matches, they were really good, man. Like Well, I, Dusty Roads sprinkling that magic dust or something. I guess. I wish he would have stuck around, because he did just screw all in WWF. And he lost his wife. So, uh, Mean Gene Okerlund is on the stage saying that they have a new update on the WWF steroid scandal on If You Call the Hotline. man, <laughs> that over already? That's been over. And he was like, you might have thought it was over, but we have some updates. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. No wonder they called you Scheme Gene over on WWF. <laughs> Not to speak ill the dead. I know. Hey, made him a lot of money, I'll say that. Uh, he said it himself. Huh? Yep. Found money for WCW. Uh, Johnny B. Badd gets interviewed with the doll, and he says he'll treat her like uh, with some respect. And then he says that uh, he wants her to be his manager, but he says he'll give her time to think. And he says that she needs to fulfill her dreams and achieve her goals. Really? Set- uh, of
0: course, yeah. Well, you set no, up I for mean, a- like tr- Achieve your c- dreams and goals of what? I mean, what are... <sighs> There's no uh, women division or nothing. What the hell are can your goals be there?
3: Posing nude. She did that.
0: So uh, there you
3: go. So she got okay, so she did it. Good for her. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> uh
0: I'm gonna see some proof by the way, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> throw it in your Google machine. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Can I'm we not, talk
0: like that on here? Huh?
3: Uh I'm going to. I don't give a crap. <laughs> I, I might get I, I might get a seasoned assist, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, either way, can we make that into a shirt? Well, seasoned assist, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I've got one of those. You, you got it for me. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, right. I gotta find that. Either way, um, at uh, after you know Johnny's really setting up for his uh, life after wrestling. By the way, with all these promos, uh, Johnny says that he's ready for World War Three, and Kimberly says that she's really proud of him. Whatever. By the way, they finally started calling her Kimberly and not just the Diamond Doll. So she's got a name, finally. Next up, this effing match, man. It was Big Bubba Rogers versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan, which is already a Hell barn. yeah! It's already a barn burner there. But they're in a taped fist challenge.
2: Shut up and take my money!
3: The reason for this... Yeah? uh you took a pause like that's bad or something i don't yeah let's get into it uh duggan jumps rogers from the from behind halfway down the ramp because that's what baby faces do <laughs> then he just beats the hell out of him uh rogers by the way he actually taped his fists duggan taped up his um his, like his entire arm it was i'm like what the are you see am punk but Heenan says, nuts, say that. yeah, he was. Uh, can you imagine a pipe bomb from Jim Duggan? Um, he smokes
0: a pipe with the iron you cheek. I know that?
3: Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Um, I guess Heenan says that Duggan's grandmother was a taped fist champion. This was not a joke. This was like a real thing. And then Shivani says that Duggan traced his taped fist roots back to Ireland. What the fuck? This is a oh my god! This is a real effing thing that they're tr- like they're trying to put this crap over and make this make sense. <sighs> Duggan dominates, and then Bubba comes back. He tapes Duggan to the top rope, then beats the crap out of him. Eventually, Duggan gets free and becomes and the match becomes even. Duggan rips Bubba's shirt because we all wanted to see that. Not to speak ill of the dead, but come on. And then, what's going to make this match better, Greg? VK Wall Street comes to the <laughs> ring with a chain. For those of you that don't know, it's IRS. Um, and the VK was for, you know, you could figure it out. Uh, but he comes to the ring with a chain and fist. Oh yeah. And Duggan punches him, but he throws the. Uh, well, or I'm sorry, Duggan hits him with a two by four. My bad. And uh Wall Street still manages to toss the chain to Bubba, who wraps his fist in it, punches Duggan, knocks him out. The ref didn't see, so he gets the win. Notes, I said...
0: Unfortunately, uh, it- we all saw.
3: Yep. I did say uh, it was kind of brutal in multiple ways, uh, but it wasn't very good. Two Uncle Daves, and I might have been being generous. Might have. Yeah. Uh Rick Flair's... Being interviewed by Mean Gene, Rick is cheered like a god, by the way. But a handful of little stingers are actually booing him. Uh, Rick shouts through the entire promo, saying that he's going to beat Sting. Flair says that it was his master plan to get all of his rivals in the ring together and watch him win the WCW World Heavyweight title in the World War Three match. Okay, Rick. It was nobody's master plan to watch this, but whatever. Next, you know all those Asian women that we just saw at Survivor Series? This was much better. Much, (laughs) much better. Uh, we got Cutie Suzuki, real name, and Miami Ozaki taking on Bull Nakano and Akira Hokuto with Sonny Ono in their corner. So you know who the heels are. Uh, the bad thing about this. Sonny Ono is a heel because he came out of a Japanese box. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, it was a little messed up where the 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 Chiron below that said their name, um, there was like a, a cartoon plane that flew over, dropped a bomb, and then their name would come up. These are Japanese women. Just let, uh, that, just let that sink in. <laughs> Somebody didn't think.
0: Ah, uh, was a little. <laughs> it's just it's a little history thing. A little history bop. Sure. All. Yeah, that's you it. Know. That's what I'm going with. I'm sticking with sure. it. Sure. Uh Bolducano is
3: wearing a blue Ric Flair robe. Like it looks like she's cosplaying as Ric Flair. Hokuto is wearing some big pink robe with like a Japanese mask on it. It's all feathery. Uh the bigger heels get uh, got a lot of the heat right away and uh against the smaller baby faces. The baby face women Get a single, a single leg crabs on both of the heels at the same time. The crowd actually pops for this. This, uh, eventually, Mike Teney, by the way, keeps spouting off facts that mean absolutely nothing to anybody. Nobody gives a damn. But he's just feeding us this crap like we care. I know, I, I'm picking on Mike Teney, but seriously, who gave a damn? Shut the f up, Dave! Uh, the baby. The baby it's, uh, it's killer spelled backwards. Oh my god. Ah, uh, the baby faces have miscommunication and nail each other. Um, not that way. Get your mind out of the gutter, uh, Nakano. I
1: didn't say anything.
3: I know you didn't, but I'm talking to our listeners because I know what they're thinking. Nakano hits one of them with a power bomb, and the other and uh, the other takes her down. Baby faces hit about six double stomps between the two of them on Nakano off the top rope, like one right after the other. It was stupid. And then Bull still kicks out. Uh, back and forth action for a while. The heels hit a doomsday device on Ozaki. Nakano finally pins her with a top rope leg drop. My notes, I said, besides the lack of selling, this was a really good match. Very exciting. Three and three-fourths uncle, three three uncle Dave's. I really enjoyed this one.
0: I Yeah, I forgot what that match would look like. I haven't seen it in forever. I will say... it's like if, the one I forgot. Yeah, I will say, if you guys
3: have to... Especially after watching that god-awful women's match on Survivor Series, watch this. Like, two totally different styles of women's wrestling from Japan. From Japan. And not to get, like, sexist about it, but these women are a lot better on the eyes than the ones they had in WWF.
0: And I'm not touching that.
3: No, I would, You know what? Never mind. I'm moving on. Uh... <laughs> Mean Gene is pimping the hotline again before call, uh, before calling, uh, Jimmy Hart and Lex Luger in for an interview. The crowd erupts with booze. Like they hate Luger and they hate Jimmy Hart. Luger claims that he's the flagship of WCW and he's going to be the world champion tonight. Next, uh, we got more Japanese wrestlers. We got Kensuke Sasaki defending the U.S. title. Uh, oh, he's got Sonny Ono with him again, by the way. Uh, he's defending the U.S. title against Chris Benoit, who is a brand-new four-horseman. The Hooters girls are in the front row. One of them is shown, and Bobby Heenan completely loses his train of thought. I did, too. They keep putting over how Bobby Heenan tried to sell half of WCW to Sonny Ono, but it wasn't le- he-, he wasn't legally allowed to, and for some reason, Sonny got kicked off of WCW TV, However, Sonny gets on commentary and says that they're being compensated at Starcade somehow. We, uh, we'll get to that at Starcade. Uh, Sasaki hits a big lariat and then a Northern Lights bomb for the win. Notes, I said, this was a great Japanese style match between these two. Really enjoyed it. Three and one fourth Uncle Dave's. So, so far, these matches are, uh, pretty decent. Uh, but just as I say that, we get this. Mean Gene interviews the Taskmaster, Jimmy Hart, and the Giant. Uh, Gene tells the Giant that his father would be embarrassed if he knew how the Giant was acting. Keep in mind, they were trying to, they were pretending that Andre was his dad. For all all of you that don't know, uh, Taskmaster says that the Dungeon of Doom will dominate tonight. Jimmy Hart calls Hogan, Sting, and Savage the three stooges. Taskmaster says that it doesn't matter what the members of the dun- or which member of the dungeon wins tonight. The giant ends his promo by saying, "Roses are red, violets are blue. I'm gonna kick your butt back to Kalamazoo." What
2: the fuck?
3: I'm not joking. What the hell? He effing said this. I'm not <sighs> joking. I was stunned. Like, ah. Uh. Uh, they show a buildup for Macho Man versus Lex Luger, showing that Macho Man never trusted Luger since Lex debuted on Nitro. Uh, Mean Gene interviews Macho Man. Mean Gene asks, Are you jittery? Savage says, I'm always jittery. That is correct. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Savage says that he's. The- that guy makes coffee nervous. Right? Uh, can you imagine if he drank espresso? My God. He'd be on fire. (laughs) Uh, Savage says that he is the total package, and Oakland asks how Macho Man's arm is, and Savage says that he's at a million percent.
0: Liar, whore, liar, whore, you know it.
3: Next, we got Macho Man versus Lex Luger with Jimmy Hart in his corner. Macho beats Luger all over the damn place. When Savage goes for the elbow drop, he hits it. Uh, Jimmy Hart distracts the referee, so Savage can't get the win. Luger gets the torture rack locked in outside of the ring until Macho passes out. Luger rolls him in and locks in an arm bar. And the referee calls the match because Savage is passed out. But Luger will not release it. Finally, Sting comes in and he asks, a, a, he asks politely. And Luger breaks it. And then he leaves. I'm not joking. Uh, then they put over how Luger is a heel. But he still BFFs with Sting. And they'll be partners on Nitro. Super confusing. Uh, notes, I said, nothing really special. It was decent. 2 and one 4th uncle Dave's. But next, we got a hype video showing the Sting and Ric Flair feud. Shows Flair, Stay hypes. <laughs> it shows Flair getting into it with Arn Anderson and Fly and Brian, asking Sting to help him, and Sting warns Flair not to, quote, swerve him. Right. Or he'll leave him for dead. And then Flair eventually swerves him. So... There's that.
2: Liar
0: whore, liar whore, and you know it.
3: But, uh, yeah, so we get Ric Flair versus Sting, which is never a bad thing. Sting dominates for a little while. Sting gets the advantage for a minute, uh, or, or Flair gets the advantage for a minute, but Sting takes over. He dominates most of the match. Uh, they keep going from ring to ring. They don't explain this. I, I assume it's a teaser for Nitro, but Sherry and Colonel Parker come out, making out on the stage and watching the match. It, it, I don't know. Right. Uh, The the end of the match is uh, Sting drops Flare and locks in the Scorpion Deathlock for the submission win. Uh, Notes I said, it was Flare versus Sting. What else can I say? It was a great match. Three and one-fourth Uncle Dave's. So another good match on this card. My god. Uh, This. They show a video package for Jimmy Hart turning on Hulk Hogan and joining the Dungeon of Doom with Lex Luger. After Jimmy got Hogan disqualified at Halloween Havoc, he came out on Nitro and said that with his power of attorney, he signed the Halloween Havoc contract for Hogan, and it stipulated in the contract that if Hogan got disqualified, he'd lose the world title. However, the WCW Championship Committee voted that the title would be held up at World War III, and that the giant was not the rightful champion, and I wondered, what the hell are contracts for in this company? Couldn't Jimmy and the uh, Giants? Uh, wipe in your ass? I, <laughs> I guess. Couldn't Jimmy and the Giants sue over this crap? That is correct. Yeah, but then they put over that in the World War Three match there would be one giant per ring. In one ring, it's the Yeti. Yes, they. Or excuse me, the Yeti. There you go. In another ma- or in another ring, there's the giant, and in the third, it's Hulk Hogan, who I guess qualifies as a giant.
0: Well, where's Loch Ness?
3: Uh that's a-coming, Greg. Don't get ahead of our crap here. Uh, Mean Gene Okerlund interviews Hulk Hogan next, who says that he smells the stench of that stinky giant.
0: Right.
3: Eric Bischoff actually said on his podcast he called him the stinky giant in, in the backstage because uh Paul White liked the chain smoke. So this was a real thing. But he says that he will regain the world heavyweight title tonight. And friendships aside, he'll go right through the Macho Man and Sting tonight, if need be. Then Hogan claims that this is the most dangerous match in the history of professional wrestling, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I guess he missed Chamber of Horrors. <laughs> yeah. Wait till the Yapa Pa Indian Strap Match, brother.
2: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. The same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared the room. Shared, a room. We right. shared the room. Shared room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way back, mate. Hey. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Bro-cast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? You spell it with a K. so you, mate. Take it easy.
2: The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree
3: at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Next, we have the three-ring 60-man World War III Battle Royal for the WCW title. Because there are three rings and 60 men, there are three broadcast teams. What the f- Ring one is Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan. Ring two is Eric Bischoff and Dusty Rhodes. And ring three is some guy named Chris Cruz and Larry Zabisco. As confusing as that sounds, they actually did it pretty well. They did it about as well as you could do it for that. So, you know, commentary wasn't awful. Uh, for some reason, the Yeti now looks like a giant ninja.
0: Right. Yep. What the hell? So first because was... apparently the guy couldn't wrestle with the the wraps on or something like that. So
3: so you make him a ninja? How is that? <laughs> I realize that a mummy isn't a yeti, but how is a ninja a yeti? Like, what the hell, man? Oh, whatever. No
0: question, man.
3: Uh, a metric crap ton of pyro shoots off before this match starts, by the way. Like, the pyro blows all over the place, and then the bell rings, and they start the match. Uh It was kind of cool. But then that damn bell had to ring. Uh, the yeti is the first giant to be eliminated, so he was useless. The entire match is on a three-screen split screen, and I can't keep track of anything. Ring two is the first to be cleared, so the Giant goes into ring one with Hulk Hogan. Ring three is the next to be cleared, so everyone goes into ring one to make it a 20-man battle royal in one ring. While Sting and Luger are trying to eliminate the Giant, Hogan dumps them uh, both out, and then he slides outside under the bottom rope. However, the ref didn't see it, And he thinks he got eliminated, so he declares Randy Savage the new world champion. Hogan argues with Randy Anderson, the referee, and with Randy Savage for quite a while as Mean Gene Okerlund gets in the ring. Notes I said, chaos, weird ending, too much going on, one and a half Uncle Dave's. And I might be super generous there. I really
0: thought the Yeti was going to win it
3: when I first saw it. He should have. I mean, just look at him. That's a man right there, or well, that's a yeti, but whatever.
0: Real quick, he would go on to to wear like jean shorts and wrap his, uh, his his shirt around his waist like he's in high school and riding a skateboard. Do you remember that?
3: Yep. We was... talk about when he was just Ron Reese and the flock. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Who doesn't remember that? <laughs> Carrying and Billy Kidman on his shoulders. Yep. Uh, but the Macho Man is finally declared the winner and New World Champion. Hogan is still arguing his cause. Kind of looks like a dick. Uh Hogan is going insane. The decision is actually booed, by the way. Savage says he didn't see anything, but he says, I live
0: by what it is is what it is. Can you handle that?
3: And Hogan still argues, and he pulls the fans. So clearly
0: Hogan can't handle that.
3: I guess. Uh, Savage says that he doesn't want a dark cloud over his title reign and says that he wants to see the film. Hogan says on Nitro, he'll show him the film. So there's a teaser. That's
0: because Hogan has to show him the film.
3: Well, yeah. If he didn't see it, it didn't happen, Greg. He's got to confirm it himself. Oh, God, that sounds familiar. Right? Yeah, Dayton! (laughs) Uh. Uh. But Hogan then congratulates Macho and Says that he still needs to see the film, and he deserves a shot at his belt. The end of the show, uh, they both shout, oh yeah, and celebrate together.
2: Follow the Main Event Marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod, on Twitter at main event underscore marks, and on Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector.
1: What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey it's about nostalgia it's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan the podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world whether it's wwf wwe wcw ecw we even cover the golden eras of ring of honor progress tna and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day, Uh huh? Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard.
3: Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks.
2: <laughs> and
3: we're back. For the final time today, final ratings time, Internet Movie Database gives us 6.1 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 5.75 out of 10. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I'll probably give this uh, 6.5. D D minus. I'll, I'll I'll give it a D. It barely passes. Yikes, man. None of these shows this month were good. If I had to pick one out of the three, it would definitely be Survivor Series. It wasn't like making me want to barf bad, but it just wasn't good. Uh, November Remember sucked a high hard one. This was
1: uh, not good. Believe me, not good.
3: But the opening match was really good. And hey, Johnny be bad. Johnny be bad. Was always solid for an opening match through 1995, part of 94, part of 96, you know, he was, uh, he, he was something, man. And then DDP was great. Even back here, he was all gimmicked up and stupid and I ain't give a damn about him, but he was still good in the ring. Uh, going over Uncle Dave's opinions here to wrap things up. Opening match, Johnny B. Bad defends the WCW World Television title against uh, Diamond Dallas Page in 12 minutes, 35 seconds. Uncle Dave gave that three and a half stars. Big Bubba Rogers defeating Jim Duggan in a taped fist match in 10 minutes and eight seconds. Ugh, half a star from Uncle Dave sounds about right. Akira Hokuto and Bull Nakano defeating Cutie Suzuki and uh, Mayumi Ozaki in 9 minutes, 16 seconds. He gave four stars. That was a really damn good match. It surprised me how good it was. Kinsuke Sasaki defends the United States title against Chris Benoit in 10 minutes. Uh, Uncle Dave gives it three and a quarter stars. That one was really good too. Sasaki's about to drop that belt next month to Sting, the man who we beat it for to begin with. Uh, we got Lex Luger defeating Randy Savage in five and a half minutes. That was he gave it a star and a quarter. Yeah, not great. Uh, Sting defeats Ric Flair uh, in fourteen and a half minutes. Always good for at least three stars. He gave it three and a quarter, uh, three and three quarters uh, stars. And then finally, the World War Three Battle Royal went for 29 minutes 40 seconds he gave it a star hard to agree or hard to disagree with that it, was, it wasn't great uh it was it was a mess man <laughs> just an effing mess but either way uh covering some of his more specific opinions of the show wcw's world war three is in the books and the show began with one of the strangest promos in wrestling history hogan savage and sting came out with a burning trash can, Hogan held up a copy of the Observer newsletter and began to go off on a tangent about rag sheets referring to newsletters like this one and said the reports about Randy Savage being injured uh, was just a work and that they even worked the locker room. Dave calls bullshit.
0: Liar whore, liar whore, you know it.
3: and insists that Savage really is injured and notes that his injured arm is noticeably smaller than the other one. Uh, And Hogan ranted about other things that he claims the newsletters uh, have gotten wrong. Hogan then threw the Observer into the burning trash can and said, Observe this. (sighs) He called the newsletter a dinosaur and said the internet is where the real story is at. Okay. Uh, Uncle Dave's response, quote, I suspect as his popularity and drawing power continues to drop, he'll get even more bitter. Since it appeared to be directed at me... I took it as a tremendous compliment, end quote. Yeah, uh, Hulk Hogan's popularity was waning a little bit in uh, at the end of 95. The red and yellow shtick just wasn't getting over. That turn to the dark side thing just wasn't that, that went over like a fart in church. Yeah, it wasn't good stuff, but either way. Uh, as for the show itself, Uncle Dave says that it was one of the best of the year in ring, but as usual, the announcing was atrocious. Was it really one of the best of the year in ring? I mean, some of it was, but uh, very few. Randy Savage won the WCW title by winning the 60-man battle royal, and Hogan was never eliminated. And when he was complaining afterwards, the fans were booing him so loud that they turned down the crowd audio. Yeah, that happened. So that is it for World War III 1995. I hope you all enjoyed it. I did not. I enjoyed laughing at it, I'll say. I enjoyed some of the matches. I can't say it was all crap. Uh, going over everything, I, s- I stick with my D. Going towards D+. Plus, I'll, I'll give it a D plus. How about that? D+. Plus. It passed. So, either way, the, the, that World War Three Battle Royal was just a stanker. But that wraps it up for November, everybody. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. This is the most wonderful time of the year. We're getting into December. I'm excited. I've been excited for for, uh, Christmas. I had a lot going on this month. I've got even more going on in December. I'm going on vacation in a couple of days, actually. I'm going to Tennessee for a little bit. Uh, One of my favorite places on Earth, Pigeon Forge. Uh, If you're in the area and you see me, leave me alone. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you can come over and say hi if you want. Uh, I'll I'll be happy to chop it up with you. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to be gone for like five days. I'm happy about that. Haven't had a vacation in a while. Uh, also, in a couple of days, I've got um, a Comic-Con I'm going to. Me and my wife love going to Comic-Con, so we're doing that together. And uh, then Tennessee after that. And then we're going to a... Uh, a a cabin for actual Christmas weekend, going to a cabin in the woods, a little Christmas cabin. We're going to play games, put up a tree, open presents. It's going to be a good time had by all, man. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Thanksgiving was nice. I really needed this time to recharge my batteries. I'm also taking like, I I had so much saved up vacation time from work. I'm taking like the last half of December off and I'm not going to see anybody until January. So I'm uh I'm very much looking forward to that. Hopefully you'll hear more from me and get more from me in December when I'm free during the weeks uh, that I'm not working. But yeah, uh, I hope you all enjoyed what I was able to bring you, what me and Greg were able to bring you this month. Definitely check out our YouTube again. It's youtube.com forward slash at main event marks. And uh, I don't know what's coming up in December yet. Like I said, I'm still working on it. Me and Greg are working on and brainstorming we're thinking 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 and we'll let you know uh follow us on social media we might keep you up to date on there on x it's at main event underscore marks same on instagram and uh follow us on youtube i might do a video update on it on there youtube.com forward slash at main event marks but we'll see you all next week and next month in december everybody have a holly jolly one